The Mayflower Compact turns 400, and a Medal of Honor recipient is remembered on Veterans Day. This is Paul Dietzel. 400 years ago this week, on November 11, 1620, 102 men and women landed on the shores of modern Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Most of them were part of a group of Protestant separatists who were members of a church in England from a village called Scrooby. They sailed across the Atlantic Ocean on a ship called the Mayflower. William Bradford, known as a Puritan because of his desire for a pure church that was uncorrupted by government interference, helped bring his fellow church members and others from England to the New World. Not all who landed in what would become the Plymouth Colony were religiously minded people, however. Some came to the New World only for commercial purposes. They wanted a fresh start away from the social class system of England. When they arrived, they found what Bradford described as, quote, hideous and desolate wilderness. The first winter brought death to many in the colony from disease, malnutrition, and exposure to the bitter cold weather. Without help from the Native American tribe of the Wampanoag, the entire group would have been wiped out. From the very beginning, not everyone got along with each other. There were sharp disagreements and crimes were committed one against another. They had left behind a land where the King of England dictated his pleasure as the law of the land. When the early Plymouth settlers realized they must have some sort of governance that would provide protection, justice, and order among themselves, they didn't reach back out to what they knew in the divine right of kings. Instead, they wrote a charter known as the Mayflower Compact that formed what they called, quote, the civil body politic. This new community would be framed by what they wrote in the compact as, quote, just and equal laws. These laws would apply to all of them equally and without partiality. The signers of the Mayflower Compact did not seek a theocracy or some sort of religious test for citizenship in the community. Rather, anchored by a personal and voluntary faith in God, they sought a political consensus that was sustainable and grew over time to allow a self-sustaining economy to take shape. These pilgrims were among the first to establish a government experience by the consent of the governed and set the stage for a constitution that would establish a new nation 167 years later. This week was also the time our country remembers and thanks the many men and women who've served in the armed forces of the United States. Of special note this week was an American hero born in my home state of Louisiana in 1901. From the streets of New Orleans to the United States Naval Academy, Thomas Ryan served with distinction as a member of the Brigade of Midshipmen. One year after graduation, at the age of 21, Thomas was sent to Tokyo, Japan, to serve as a Japanese language officer at the United States Embassy. On September 1, 1923, at 11.58 a.m., the first shock of a massive earthquake hit the island of Japan. Those who heard it said it sounded like thunder. The Great Kanto Earthquake had begun. Moments later, a 40-foot-high tsunami crashed on the city, sweeping thousands to their deaths. Fires began to break out and roared through the wooden houses of both Yokohama and Tokyo, burning everything and everyone in their path. Thomas Ryan was standing outside the Grand Hotel near the center of Tokyo when he saw a woman, known only in history as Mrs. Black, trapped near the top floor. The young American naval officer immediately ran directly into the fire, ran up the stairs with flames raging on every side, put the woman on his shoulders and carried her to safety. Hundreds of Japanese citizens watched him risk his own life for a woman he didn't know from a country not his own. His heroic actions resulted in President Calvin Coolidge awarding him the Medal of Honor. His citation reads, His heroic conduct upon this occasion 
reflects the greatest credit on himself and on the U.S. Navy, of which he was a part, end quote. Back home in Louisiana, few were surprised by Thomas's heroism. From his youngest of years, he showed a selfless regard for others. The Medal of Honor was but another sign of things to come for him. Rear Admiral Thomas Ryan would serve his country with distinction for 30 years. His body rests today in Arlington National Cemetery among the more than 400,000 of his fellow servants of the United States. If you haven't visited Arlington National Cemetery, I recommend the trip. To borrow the words from President John F. Kennedy, as we look toward 2021 and the years to come, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. This is Paul Dietzel. Thanks for listening.